All right, hey everyone, we are back with another episode of Chasing After Jesus, and today we are in the book of Colossians. Uh, Colossians is one of the epistles, which just is a letter, that the Apostle Paul wrote uh, with Timothy to the church in the city of Colossae. And uh, we're going to be in chapter 2 today, so open your Bibles there or just listen along. I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump right into today's episode. So let's pray. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Lord, tune our ears to you and to you alone. Give us ears to hear and minds to perceive what you are doing and what you are saying, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so to start today, I'm going to give some background on the church in Colossa. Um, this quick background is a quote, actually, from the website gotquestions.org, which is our sponsor for today's episode. I'm just kidding. There's no sponsors for this podcast, but I do use gotquestions.org a lot, and it's a great resource for uh, it's a great resource for getting answers to biblical questions you might have. I also use commentaries uh, like Matthew Henry's commentary on the whole Bible, but that can get a little deep and sometimes confusing. So if you're looking for quick and just easily understandable answers, I highly recommend using gotquestions.org as a resource when studying the Bible. So some history on this letter from gotquestions.org. So what they say. Paul wrote this letter to the Colossians probably sometime around A.D. 60. He was encouraged by reports of their faith and love and wanted them to continue in their direction, I'm sorry, in their dedication to God and one another. He warned them against false doctrines and reiterated key truths about Christ and the church. As a city, Colossae was noted for its broad acceptance of diverse beliefs and the prevalence of syncretism. Now, syncretism is basically just the merging of different belief systems. It would be like putting together Christianity and Hinduism, for example. Um, so, uh, let's see. Klaus was noted for its broad acceptance of diverse beliefs and the prevalence of syncretism, making Paul's admonishment against false teachings and harmful religious practices highly relevant. So, that's from gotquestions.org, and we're basically going to be talking about uh, this idea, this syncretism idea today. I think with the elevation of logic and reason, uh, not only just in the Age of Enlightenment, which is really where it began, but also in our own time, um, that we have mixed the beliefs of this world with our faith. Like we have practiced, maybe even unknowingly and unintentionally, but we've practiced syncretism. Um, by accepting the opinions of the quote-unquote educated of this world, I think we have been deceived into trusting sources other than the one with whom, as Paul says in Colossians 2 verse 3, uh, all um, with whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he's talking about Christ. Christ. In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, I'm not saying we have done this, <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm not saying that we should shelter ourselves from outside opinions and perspectives. Um, you know, the people that have that have these thoughts, these opinions and perspectives that are contrary to the real truth that we find in the Bible, um, well, they need Jesus too. And we should always be willing to listen to people and, like it says in 1 Peter 3.15, be ready to have an answer for our faith with gentleness and respect gentleness and respect is an important part of that verse. Um, again, I'm not saying we should be sheltered, but I am saying that we should take heed of Paul's warning to the Colossians in regards to being deceived. 
Um, and I'm going to go ahead and read a couple, a couple of verses. I'm actually going to start in Colossians 1, uh, verses 21 through 23. This is what Paul says to the church in Colossa. He says, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless, blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith. Again, that's a very important part of that. Stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard. Again, that's one of the big objections Paul has or warnings Paul has for the church in Colossae. Not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. That's Colossians 1, 21-23. That was the ESV. Um, Colossians 2, verses 1-4, through 4, also ESV. Paul says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea. And that Laodicea was a city about 10 miles from Colossus. So this is kind of just talking about the people there in general around that area. Um, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. Again, here's that part we talked about just a second ago, is which is Christ, in whom all, or I'm sorry, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Remember that that little phrase, plausible arguments, because we're gonna we're gonna come back to that later. And then Colossians two, six through eight. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Continue to follow him, continue in your faith. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. So let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on Jesus. Then, then your faith, only then will your faith be, uh, will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with th- thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. Don't let anyone capture you with these ideas, these, these, these thoughts and these teachings and stuff that come from human thinking rather than from Christ. Again, that was Colossians 2, 6 through 8. That was the NLT. Just thought it said it a little more, a little more concise. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Paul is very clear here that he's concerned that people will be influenced by things outside of the gospel. And this warning is a warning that is more relevant today than it probably ever was. We have more opinions and perspectives than we ever have. I mean, there's a large debate in our current culture of how many genders are there, right? That's a current debate. Um, It's insane. Everybody has opinions, and the dangerous part about all this is what Paul warns us against. Plausible arguments. Plausible just basically means believable. And he's telling us that these outside perspectives and ideas and conclusions, etc., will make, or at least can make, logical and reasonable sense. And he's concerned that we will be influenced away from the truth that we find in Christ and in God's Word. So what's the danger in this? Well, in my mind, there are two dangers, and honestly, one leads to the next. So, the first danger I want to draw our attention to is uh, the danger that our minds will be convinced. That our minds will be convinced. 
um, our minds, our ideas, the way we think and understand, the way we see things, will be deceived into non-truths. We'll be deceived into non-truths. And then once that happens, the second danger is our hearts will be convinced. So two dangers. One, our minds will be convinced. Two, our hearts will be convinced. Now our hearts, where everything flows from, which is what Proverbs 4.23 says, and what inspires us to action, right? When something, something overtakes our heart, that's really what inspires us to action. Our hearts will be deceived. And once our hearts are convinced and deceived, they really become difficult to change. And I think that's why Paul said in Romans 12, 2, says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Because if your mind is renewed, then your heart will obviously follow. So, so be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, I'm going to read through that again and add just some of my own thoughts on the way just I read scripture. Um... So Paul says, do not be do not be conformed to this world, right? So do not be conformed to the way it thinks and acts and sees and is influenced. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Transformed is is more than just change, right? Uh, transformed is is more change by outside influence, right? In this case, I think the Holy Spirit be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing or comparing the truth that God has given us, um, right? You're comparing two different things, comparing the truth that God has given us to um, uh, other sources that we might have. You may discern. So if you don't know what discern means, it basically means to just distinguish between maybe two things, two opposing things. Uh, you may discern what is the will of God and obviously what is not, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay. So I think Paul was really, really uh, just kind of hit the, the, the nail on the head um, when he talked about the mind because the mind comes first. You know, if we let outside influences convince and deceive us, then our hearts are not far behind and we will definitely drift. Um, that's why I think we see this thing called deconstruction happening so much today in our culture. And if you're unaware of this, um, uh, deconstruction is uh, this kind of, I guess I'll call it a phenomenon that's been happening lately, especially with um, church leaders and worship leaders and a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but it's it's where people who have been longtime believers no longer claim to be Christians. And it's often because of cultural ideas that have influenced and infiltrated their minds and their hearts. And they end up just walking away from the faith because they're conflicted about truth. And every time I hear that or hear someone talking about it, the general question is like, man, how did this happen? Like so-and-so, like like they wrote all these songs and they've been in the church, you know, forever. And uh, they were such a, a strong Jesus follower. How did this happen? Well, I think Paul already kind of told us it's plausible arguments, plausible arguments that infect our minds and then infect our hearts. Plausible arguments are the things that are, are coming out. Again, and when Paul says plausible, like these are believable arguments um, that aren't necessarily um, like so far out that it's like that's there's no way that's true. Plausible arguments are arguments like, yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. Um, Myron even talked about um, uh, over-contextualizing 
scripture. And I think a lot of that has happened in the deconstruction phenomenon where people have brought up plausible arguments and it is really, really called people's faith into question because they can't discern truth. So don't let, don't let these things infect your mind and infect your hearts. Um, plausible arguments are not the truth of the scripture. So please be on guard. Um, and that's what I, I mean, I really want to just kind of reiterate what Paul was telling the Colossians is be on guard, you know, take everything you hear and put it up against what God's word says. We have the Bible. It's a wonderful resource. We should read it. We should know it. We should understand it. We should study it. And we should put things up against it. Take everything you hear and put it up against God's word. Um, and take everything uh, that you hear and you see, take it to the Holy Spirit and ask for wisdom and discernment. Remember, in Christ, it's in Christ are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You won't find it anywhere else. You won't find it anywhere else right? For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God, right? The wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. In Christ are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Let's pray. (sighs) Father Jesus, Holy Spirit, please guard our minds and our hearts from corruption and influence and false teachings. Um, Guard our hearts from deception and dissuasion. Um, Give us your wisdom and your knowledge. Um, Give it to us in abundance, God. Solidify our foundation on your truth, the truth, the truth that we find in Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. I'm going to play some music. Please take some time to bring all this to the Holy Spirit and ask for protection over your mind, uh, protection over your heart, and discernment for real truth.
Okay, I'm going to pray. Um, I want to close in prayer. Uh, but if you need more time, rewind this if you want. Go back to the beginning of the music or just, you know, let it stop and then sit in some silence. Continue to focus your attention on the Lord. Let's pray. Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, protect me. I don't want to drift and I don't want to be deceived. Pray that your word would be in my heart and in my mind. That your Holy Spirit would be the greatest influence over me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.